Praise the Lord, and thank you for joining us at the Upper Room Church. Listen in as Pastor Johnson teaches the Word of God, gives us encouragement, and midweek refuel to run this spiritual race. Tonight's lesson will be entitled, Does God Hear a Sinner's Prayer? What I want to talk about this evening is a very controversial issue, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to use what subject matter. Uh, uh, do God hear sinner prayer? That's been a question that's been asked down through the years. Do God hear a sinner's prayer? Some people, they said, no, God don't hear sinners. He just hear the saints. He just hear the righteous. Some say, yes, he hears sinner's prayer. I've heard both sides of the argument. Do God hear sinner's prayers? Yes or no? And one man told me, yeah, God hears sinner's prayer because uh, he heard me. And of course, we all know that we were sinners at one time. But there are people that do not believe that God hears a sinner's prayer. Well, we're going to get into the Bible, and I'm going to give you a Bible, book, chapter, and verse about what we're going to talk about. Uh, do the Lord hear sinners' prayer, okay? We're going to get right into it, and God's going to bring it all out. All right, I want to start off this great controversial question uh, with the book of uh, St. John. If you would turn with me to the book of St. John, that's where uh, most of them get the answer from uh, when they were listening to what this man was saying in the book of St. John. St. John, the ninth chapter. And we're going to start reading. I want to go up just a little bit so we'll get the full, uh, get all of the history of, the, of this, this, this story here. And I want to start reading in uh, about around the 13th verse. This is how I know this when Jesus began to talk about this story of the blind man. St. John, the ninth chapter, uh, verse 13. And I'm going to read down and I'm going to stop it at verse number 34. Uh, but I'm put a lot of emphasis on verse number 31 because that's where the portion is, is, is coming from, verse 30, 31. Check this out. Uh, but they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Okay, we got that, the Sabbath day. Uh, then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put clay up on my eyes, and I wash, and I do see. So this is the Pharisee asking the blind man, how in the world did you receive your sight? What, what happened? Now, they, they brought to Jesus this particular person. You know, the Pharisees always try to trap Jesus, entrap him with that was, that was their way of life. And so they asked him, of course, how did you see? They said, well, um, he put clay up on my eyes, and I washed, verse 15, and do see. Verse 16, therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do miracles? And there was a division among them. So what's going on here, uh, the Sabbath day is the big thing. Now, they were trying to entrap Jesus. Not, they weren't so much worried about the blind man receiving the sight, but they want to see would Jesus kill the man on the Sabbath day when you wasn't supposed to do any work on the Sabbath day, would Jesus do it on that day? They should be glorifying God and be thankful that the blind man received the sight. 
Oh no, but not these Pharisees. They bunch of hypocrites. They they weren't all about that. They was about is Jesus going to dishonor the Sabbath day? Is he going to do this miracle? And he did. He did it on the Sabbath day. And in the course of Ramon, them says that this man is a sinner. They, they call Jesus a sinner. How can a man that is a sinner do miracles? So uh, they were trying to call Jesus a sinner. Just like today, they call, uh, our word is just putting down, putting Jesus down, saying what he is and what he's not. And there was a division among them. Verse 17 said, they said unto the blind man again, what sayest thou of him? What you got to say about Jesus? That he has opened thy eyes. He said, he is a prophet. So the blind man said, uh, what I got to say about him, he is a prophet. 18 says, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called his parents, called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then do he now see? They said something. They didn't believe the man that was blind, that, uh, that, the, that was blind, telling them that he was blind and Jesus opened his eyes. They didn't believe him. Oh, we got to talk to your parents. Bring your parents and ask the parents, is this your son? And was he born blind? Verse number 819, and they asked him, saying, is this your son who, who, who you say was born blind? How then do, do we see? When it says, his parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. I know one thing, a parent all know their children. She, they know that much. They said, we know that this is our son. Ain't no doubt about that. And we know for a fact that he was born blind. But now verse 21, interesting. But by what means he now see, we know not. Or who has opened his eyes, we know not. He is of an age as him. He shall speak for himself. But that's very, very interesting. The parents told the Pharisees, we know for a fact, that's our boy. We know for a fact he was born blind. Now, who opened his eyes, I don't know. And how he come to see, I don't know. But listen, he's old enough, ask him and see what he got to say about it. Now, check this out. Uh, verse 22, these words spake his parents because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. So they feared for their lives. Verse 23 says, Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him, let him talk for himself. Verse 24 says, Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, uh, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Now, here you have these Pharisees calling Jesus a sinner. They said, now we know this man is a sinner. Now, how can you say that? They were the biggest sinners you want to meet. But they're going to say, we know Jesus was a sinner. No, he wasn't. They, they were the sinners. And verse number 26 says, Then said they to him again, What did he to thee? How opened he thy eyes? What did the Lord do with you? How did he open your eyes? Verse 27 says, He answered them, 
I have told you already, and you did not hear. Wherefore, would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? So now the blind man is really coming back at him. I told you what happened. I told you what he did. You want to hear it again? If I tell you the story all over again, then will you be Jesus' disciple? I can answer that question. No. They weren't they weren't going about to join Jesus. They were trying to entrap him. So they're not going to join him, uh, join in with Jesus and believe in him uh, if he told them a story again. Have you ever talked to somebody like that and they try to, they want you to tell them what was going on and, and you already told them. And even though you told them the story, they didn't believe you, but they just want you to tell the story again. You, you don't want to just be redundant saying the same old story and you're still not going to believe what I say. I, I'm kind of that guy. I hate to tell people something. They all, I, when I, especially when I know they don't believe it and they want to hear me tell it again, uh, I'm, I'm just like this man right here. I, I don't want to repeat myself because you ain't going to believe it no way. So why waste my breath? Why waste my time? Check this out. Check this out. He answered. I told you. Verse 28. Then they revived him. They, 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 they rebelled, rebelled re him, revived him. Listen, revived him, okay? Begin to say bad things to him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spake unto Moses, as for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. And notice how they're talking about our Lord and Savior Christ. They call him a sinner. We know Moses, God spoke to Moses, but for this fellow, call him a sinner. Now we won't even address him by name, calling him a fellow. I know this fellow. What do you mean this fellow? Jesus ain't no this, this fellow. Jesus, he's our Lord and our Savior. Never refer to God like that. This fellow. He's not this fellow. He's the Lord God from heaven wrapped in human flesh come down to redeem man. As to this fellow, we know not from whence he is. That's, I know that's right. You don't know whence he is, where he came from. Now, verse 30 says, the man answered and said unto them, why herein is a marvel, marvelous thing that you that you know not from whence he is, and yet he has opened my eyes. Verse 31 says, now we know that God hears not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and do his will, him he hears. Now, this is what the Pharisees' conclusion they came to. They came to this conclusion that they said, now we know that God cured not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God, God will hear him. Now, the question arises, does God hear sinners? Will God hear sinners' prayer? Looking at verse number 31, one could easily assume and come away with the idea that God will not hear a sinner's prayer because the word said, the, 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 this is not really the word speaking. The verse 31 is not the word. Now, this is the Pharisees speaking. Now, I know my teachers, they taught us in school, when you're reading a letter, when you're reading a paper or anything, there's a couple of things you need to know. They say, you know, you need to know who's talking to who to whom he's talking to and what he's talking about. Know those three things. You have to understand paragraphs and reading. Know who's speaking and to whom he's speaking and what is he speaking about. So who's speaking in verse number 31 is the Pharisee. 
not God. They said, now we know that God cured our sins. Who's speaking? That's the testimony of the Pharisees. And they said, now we know that God hears not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and do his will, him he hears. They got it partially right and partially wrong. The part they got wrong is uh, God will hear a sinner's prayer. And I want to open that up and try to divide it, right and divide that for you. God, let me read the rest of it down to verse 34. Since the world began, uh, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one born blind? Um, if this man were not of God, he could do verse 34. They answered and said unto him, For all together born in sin, and do it our teacher, cast them out. Now, here, uh, now we know that God here is not sinners. Uh, who's speaking is the Pharisee, but if any man be a worshiper of God and do his will, him God will hear. That's right. If any man uh, uh, be a worshiper of God, God will hear that man. But do God hear sinners? The, the, the answer is yes, God will hear sinners, but you have to understand where he's coming from and what he's talking about. God do not hear sinners' prayer. Now, now we know the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. So we know God hears the righteous cry. Now, God is not in the business of going around and hearing sinners' prayer. They're going around asking him for blessing. Lord, bless me with this house. Bless me with a car. Bless me with this job. God not hearing that kind of prayer from a sinner man or a sinner woman, but the kind of prayer that God will honor from a sinner man and a sinner woman is the prayer that he's confessing with his mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's asking God to come into his heart and be his Lord and Savior. I'll show you that later in the book of Romans. That kind of prayer God will hear from a sinner, okay? Uh, but just ordinary praying, a sinner does, God will not hear that. But a prayer of forgiveness, a prayer for guidance, a prayer for God to come into his life, into his heart, and save him from uh, a, a, a devil's hell, yes, God will honor that. Remember the Lord said in the word, he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. The man that come to me or the woman that come to me, I will not in no wise cast him out or throw him out. So God welcomes, he welcomes the sinner man, and he welcomes the sinner woman, sinner boy, sinner girl, when he or she decides that they want to come to the Lord and give their life to the Lord, God will hear that man uh, uh, ask for help and guidance and forgiveness of his sin. That's when the Lord will hear the sinner when he prays, when he's asking God to forgive him of his sin and asking God to come into his life. Now, I want to show you in the Bible, when a person do get serious with God, we're going to go to the book of Jonah. I hadn't read much out of the book of Jonah in a long time. Um, Y'all heard the story about Jonah when Jonah went preached to, excuse me, when Jonah went preached to Nineveh, and you heard the story about Jonah was in the whale belly three days and three nights, where Jonah didn't want to go down there and preach to these people in Nineveh. Turn to the book of Jonah, the third chapter. I'm going to show you something here. 
Jonah didn't want to go and preach to these people. They were pretty rough. They were mean. They were sinners. And uh, they, they, they weren't with the Lord. They, they weren't serving the God of heaven or anything like that. I'm going to show you in the Bible when a person do get serious with God and serious about doing the right thing, God will hear his prayer. But just an ordinary prayer uh, for asking for things and doing things and you have no intention of turning from your sins and giving your life to the Lord, those ordinary prayers, God will not hear. But he will hear some prayer when he means business. You mean business, get down to business with God, God is here. Look at Jonah, Jonah the third chapter. Y'all got that chapter? Okay, Jonah the third chapter. I'm going to begin reading at verse number one. I'm going to read down to verse number 10, and then open your eyes and understand to exactly what God is doing, what God is saying, and you want to understand that God will hear a sinner's prayer when he means business. All right? Jonah chapter three. Check this out. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city. And preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Now, God gave Jonah instruction go down there to this city, preach to that city the gospel. Go in there and preach the gospel that I bid you to preach. Verse number three says, So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city of three days' journey. That's a large city. Verse four says, and Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Jonah went to Nineveh and told him what the Lord said, and he told Nineveh, he said, In forty days, God is going to destroy this city. Oh man, we don't hear we don't we need to hear strong preaching like that today. What God's gonna do to the city, what God's gonna do to the people nowadays for uh, not serving him. All thing, only thing we hear now from these preachers, uh, these prosperity preachers, is God got a big house for you. God got money coming in the mail for you, and just, just, just a lot of blessings. Folks ain't turn from no sin. They ain't stop doing nothing. They ain't stop cussing. They ain't stop lying. They ain't stop doing anything. All these preachers got going now is preaching. God's gonna bless you. God's gonna do this. I'm, God ain't gonna do all that stuff. If you're not doing his will, you that love the Lord, you that love the Lord, and you that gave your life to the Lord, those things God will do for you. But the sinners, not so much. Okay, but check this out. And so jo Jonah went down there and preached to him. He said, yet for the day, for the day, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Verse 5 says, so the people of Nineveh, they believe God. Check this out. The people of Nineveh, they believe God. And they proclaim the fast. We got a fast, y'all, and put on sackcloth from the great, from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. So how 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 up you were, you got a fast. Maybe down on the bottom of the totem pole, we got a fast because Jonah preached that God's gonna destroy the city in forty days. We got a fast, y'all. You know, anytime you're in trouble. If a city or a country is in trouble, if you want to hear from God, call a fast. Push your plate back. Go without food and water and seek the face of God. We'll get our answers. Remember the Bible said, 
or when my people that them called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek God's face, I hear from heaven, I hear the land, so God will honor answering and praying for an answer. So uh, here's the word went out from the greatest until the least. We got fast. Verse 6 says, the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and set in ashes. So the word went all the way up to the king on his throne, and the king got off his throne and went into a fast, went into sackcloth and ashes for the city because he too did not want God to destroy that great city. Will God hear sinners' prayer? We're fixing to find out. And he called it to be proclaimed and published uh, throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let every man, let neither man nor beast nor flock taste anything. That means you can't eat. Taste anything, let them, let them not feed nor drink water. Verse 8. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. There it is right there, y'all. So the king said, let every man, boy and girl, man, sackcloth and ashes, and cry out to God, cry out to the Lord God Almighty, and turn from your evil ways. Will God hear a sinner's prayer? We're fixing to find out. Verse number nine. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? Check out verse number 10. Will God hear a sinner's prayer? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil ways, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Will God hear a sinner's prayer? Yes, he will. When you get down to business, my brother, when you get down to business, my sister, and you mean it, yes, he will hear you. Will God hear a sinner's prayer? Yes, he will. You just get down to business. All right? So there it is. In the book of Jonah, the third chapter, 1 through 10, those people got down to business. They fast. They prayed. And the king said, we got to turn from our evil ways, y'all. They meant it, and God heard it, God saw it, and God, uh, he didn't destroy that city. Will God hear a sinner prayer? Yes, he will. Now, I know there are going to be preachers out there that say, God, don't be listening to them sinners, but, but explain it. Explain it. Get down into it. Pull out the nuggets. Unpack it. Unload it. Rightly divide it, and let the people know, because, look, we all were sinners. We all were sinners at one time, and God heard us. And we all mess up now. We all sin even now, uh, and God still hears us. Remember John said, uh, John said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and then John went on and said, if we say we have not sinned, we are a liar, and the truth is not in us. So. We have committed sin, we have done wrong, and God still hears us when we cry. Because when we call him and, and pray to him, we ask him to forgive us of our wrong and our sinful ways and, 
the mistake that we made. So he will not just turn away his ear from her, us uh, just because we've done something wrong. He won't do that. That's not God. But now if we continue on down that path of wrongdoing and refuse to turn from our evil ways, we just don't want to do the right thing, well, then God is not obligated to hear you nor help you. But because you make a mistake, don't think God won't hear your prayer. Yes, he will. We all make mistakes. We all sin, come short of the glory of God. God will hear you. What you do when you make a mistake, uh, uh, get up, dust yourself off, ask the Lord to forgive you, and, and, and run on back to business. Remember what the Lord told a woman at the well? <clears throat> he told a woman at the well, and that woman had five husbands, and she told that woman, he said, look, go and sin no more. All right? He didn't just condemn the woman and throw her on the bus and throw her away. Get up and run on back to business. Tell the Lord, thank you, and say, Lord, help me. I won't do that no more. Now, the book of Romans, I'm almost through. The book of Romans. <coughs> Excuse me. The book of Romans, the 10th chapter. Now, I'm going to read the 10th chapter of Romans in my living Bible. When I get to each verse, I change. Each verse, I, I change verses. I'll let you know uh, when I change verses because you're looking at in your King James. But the Living Bible is going to break it down so plain. But I tell you when I change verses so you'll see how it changes and breaks it down so plain. Romans, the 10th chapter. Now, Paul wrote this particular book, Romans, the 10th chapter. Romans, the 10th chapter. This is where we get the understanding that we must pray the sinner's prayer. And I, I, I have a sinner's prayer right here in front of me, and I'm going to, I'm going to pray that when I finish and uh, I'm going to get a copy of this sinner's prayer uh, wrote and uh, give it to each one of you all. That's one of the things I'm going to do. I've got so many things I'm going to do. Those I ha things I haven't got around to yet, just, just, keep, uh, uh, just keep being patient. I'm going to get it to you. But I'm going to get a copy of this sinner's prayer because I think every believer, every child of God needs to know the sinner's prayer. And if you ever meet somebody that wants to be saved, you can, you can witness to them and, uh, and encourage them to say the sinner's prayer. And at the end of the sinner's prayer, encourage them to that they are saved now and find you a Bible believing church, okay? Just don't say you are saved now. Leave them hanging, running the street, uh, doing what they're doing. Once you get saved, you got to find you a Bible believing church so you can keep on being saved and you can be taught and fed the word of God. So every believer got to be fed, you know. And so after accepting the Lord as your Savior, you need to find somewhere like this is our uh, fueling. Uh, son, we're going to fuel again. They got to find somewhere where they can be fed uh, on a continued basis. So that's why you lead an individual to the Lord uh, with the sinner's prayer. Then you tell an individual, now you need to find you a Bible Believe it. I'm not just find any church now. Don't just go to Mount Nebo, Mount this. Don't go to any church. Find a Bible believing church. Now, to find a Bible believing church, now you got to do some searching because all these churches are not Bible believing churches. I'm not saying they're not churches, but they're not Bible believing churches. So just don't go to any church when you say the sinner's prayer, when you accept the Lord as your personal Savior. Find a church that Preach and teach the word of God, okay? Make sure you uh, in instruct them uh, uh, in, in that manner. And then uh, you can suggest one. If you know one, 
suggest one. I know one that do that. I, I got one in mind and, and, and point them in that, that, that direction where they can find a Bible-believing church. Amen. Uh, so they can be talked about. Now, Romans, the 10th chapter. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read down to verse number 19. I'm going to cut it off, and then we're going to read the sentence prayer, and uh, then I'm going to let you go. Now, verse number 1, Romans 10. Uh, Mine my, my start by saying, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. That's verse 1. Very plain. Verse 2 says, I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. It is a misdirected zeal. Verse 3, for they not understand, for they don't, I'm sorry, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. Now, verse 3 is very interesting. Look at your verse number 3. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. This is what, this is what Paul, Paul is saying. Now, the people in Moses' day, they didn't understand the right way that God had for people to get right with him. They didn't understand that. And this is what Paul is saying. They didn't understand uh, the right way uh, with God to get themselves right. Now, verse 4 says, well, Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Now, Jesus made it real plain. Christ made it real plain. All that believe in Jesus Christ, you are made right with God. Do you believe in Jesus? Who do you believe in? Do you believe in Allah? you believe in the Jehovah Witness? you believe in uh, 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 Muhammad? you believe in what, who do you believe in? If you don't believe in Jesus, you're not right with God. There it is right there in this verse. As a result, all who believe in him, Jesus, are made right with God. That's the only way a man can be made right with God is that you believe in his son who he sent into the world. Now, verse number five. For Moses writes that the law made all Moses writes that the law way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all his commandments. There it is. Moses wrote that, that the law uh, uh, way of making a person right with God requires obedience. That is so true. So the way of making a man right with God is obedience to all his commandments. Moses wrote that. So if you want to be made right with God, you and I, we have to uh, be obedient to all his commandments. Then you are made right with his commandments. Now, verse number six says, but faith, way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to the earth. And don't say who will go down to the, uh, to the place of the dead to bring Christ uh, uh, back to life again. So uh, what, what, what Paul is saying right here, uh, it's not up to you to say who's going to go up to heaven or who's going to go down to the dead, down to the hell. It's not up to you. But Jesus has already fixed that and made the way right uh, that for us to uh, be made right with God. This message is very close in hand. It is on your hip on, and on your lip, on your heart. Then it goes on to say, 
And that message is very that that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you open verse number nine, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's plain. That's a nose on your face. Notice what it says. This is the message. It's very clear. If you verse number nine, I'm gonna read it in my Bible. If you openly openly declare that Jesus is Lord over all, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? If you believe that, you are saved. Verse number 10 says, For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. So what makes a person right with God? What makes a sinner right with God? By believing in his heart. It's all about believing. And when a person, it's not as easy as people think because people don't believe. You believe, I believe, and some don't. So believing in your heart, that makes you right, puts you in a right standard with God. So if it, for it is by believing in your heart, I'm reading verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by the openly, openly, Declaring your faith that you are saved. If you believe in your heart, you're made right with God. And if you declare your faith in God, in Jesus, you are saved. So when you believe in your heart, God, I'm I'm made and put in the right standing with God. And when I openly confess him, declare my faith in him, I am saved. I believe in Jesus Christ. When you believe in God and you confess the hope in Jesus Christ, then you all say, check this out. As the scripture, scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jesus, uh, it said, the, verse 12 said, the Jews and the Gentiles are the same in disrespect. They have the same Lord who give gener- generously to all who call on him. For everyone who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 13, that is so plain. Everyone that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14, check this out, very important. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? That's very key. Now, if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. But how can you call on the name of the Lord unless you believe in him? You don't call on somebody that you don't believe in, right? So if you call on the name of the Lord and you believe in him, you will be saved. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Check this out. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? So that's where the preaching of the gospel will come in. So when the preaching of the gospel go forth, then you hear about him, you can believe in him. I can't believe in him if I don't haven't heard about him. So this is why we go to church. And preach the gospel. This is why we proclaim the gospel to sinners because they can't believe in somebody they never heard about. So therefore, we preach Jesus so you can hear about him and then you can believe in him. How can they believe in him if they never heard about him? Let me finish it up. And how can they hear about him unless someone tell them? So somebody got to tell you about Jesus. So how can somebody, how can you believe him? You never heard about him. And how can you, how can, and somebody got to tell you about it. Y'all follow what I'm saying? 
Verse 15 says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? So when this thing all back up, it all back up, God got it all lined up, and he got it all in order. How can someone tell you about him unless he is sent? That is why the scripture said how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring forth the good news. So let's back this up. How can you call on him and you never heard about it? But how can you hear about him if you wasn't told about him? How can you be told about him unless somebody was sent to tell you about him? And how can the one tell you about him if that person wasn't sent or called by God to tell you? It all back up. You got to hear a preacher. You got to hear the preacher tell you about the Lord. Let God teach you about Jesus. You may not know much about Jesus as you think you do or you need to. Let somebody talk to you about Jesus so you can hear about him and you can believe in him. The reason why you don't believe in him like that because you haven't heard about him like that. And if you're not, if you're not in the right place to hear about him like that, you will never believe in him like that. Sometimes people are in the wrong places, and everybody ain't preaching Christ. I listen to these preachers on TV and on Facebook. They ain't preaching Christ. They ain't preaching Jesus. Man, they they, they motivational speakers. And I heard a preacher just the other day telling folks, uh, he wasn't preaching Jesus. Clap your hands if you're glad uh, uh, you came a mighty long way. Clap your hands if you're glad that uh, uh, you want people to look up to you. Clap your hands if you're glad that uh, uh, you want people to respect you. Clap. Man, that ain't about preaching about no Jesus. They're not preaching about Jesus. Some people don't know nothing about Jesus. Preachers don't know, and they don't know either. I ain't got time to tell people clap their hands because you want folks to respect you. I said clap your hands if you know about Jesus, you heard about Jesus, and you want Jesus. They're not preaching Jesus. That's why the people don't know about Jesus. We got to preach Jesus Christ. Everybody's not preaching Jesus Christ. I know them, and you know some of them, too. They're not preaching Jesus Christ, so therefore the people will not believe in Jesus Christ like they should so they can be saved. So uh, reading on further here, uh, verse number 16 says, let's see, 16 says, but not everyone welcomed the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our report? There it is. Everybody don't believe. So faith comes from hearing, and that is hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they heard it. The message have gone throughout the earth and the words to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. But even in the time of Moses, God said, he told them, they were going to hear. So the message is going out. So now the 10th chapter, does God hear sinners? Yes, he does, if you mean business. Now the 10th chapter of Romans teaches us that uh, if you believe in the Lord Jesus, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, that God raised him from the dead, that he is the son of God, God will hear you, God will save you. And this, this, this chapter right here introduces us to what is called the sinner's prayer. Because there it is. He said, if you believe in your heart uh, uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you confess with your mouth, that confess with your mouth, then you got to say some words, right? That's what that's what confessing with your mouth is saying. If you confess with your mouth, so you got to say something. Verse number nine says, if, if, if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and, and, and believe 
in the heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You got to talk, man. You got to say something, my sister. You got to talk to God. You are a sinner, but you got to open your mouth and confess some things. And when you open your mouth and confess the right thing, God will hear you even though you be a sinner. Does God hear sinners? Yes, he does. When they mean business. When you mean business and want God to help you, want God to save your soul, God will hear you. And this is what the Romans 10 is all about. It, preachers have read Romans 10, but they all don't believe it. But it's here for a reason. And, and who, who cares? If they don't believe it, so what? It's still written. It. I believe it. If, what if some don't believe? I believe it. And it's Romans 10 is teaching us that you got to pray to God. And you got to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and, and receive him into your heart. So receiving the Lord, you sinners, those that are saved, all of us were at one time, we were sinners. You got to say the sinner's prayer. And it goes something like this. Are y'all ready? This is what Romans 10 is teaching us, that you got to say the sinner's prayer. You got to believe in your heart that God, that Jesus is the Son of God, that God raised from the dead. You got to confess with your mouth. So you got to say the sinner's prayer. That what Romans 10 is teaching us. And it goes something like this. I'm going to get it. I'm going to print it out, give everybody one. So you can talk to somebody and you can even just say it yourself. It goes like this. Dear God, I know I am a sinner. Now I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as Lord. From this day forward, guide my life. And help me to do your will. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer and you ask God to come into your heart, and you ask God to forgive you for your sin, you obey Romans chapter 10. You are saved. What you have to do now is find you a Bible, believe in church, get in there, and don't let nobody talk you out of it. Don't let nobody make you leave it. Find you a Bible, believe in church, stick with it, my brother. Stick with it, my sister, because look, we all believe that the Lord is soon to come. So much going on in this crazy world. It's getting crazier and crazier by the day. And I believe that the rapture is soon to come, it's soon to take place. And I don't know about you, I want to be ready. I'm not going to fool around with these folks who love to make me lose my soul. I want to be ready. I want the Lord to get me out of here. I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. I want to be with Jesus. So Romans chapter 10 teaches the sinner's prayer. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. That's the sinner's prayer, Romans chapter 10. Now, do God hear sinner's prayer? Yes, he does. Don't let nobody tell you no different. That's our study for tonight. God bless you. Pastor Johnson personally thanks everyone for joining us for our midweek prayer and refuel service. We are located at 3002 Chelsea Avenue in Memphis, Tennessee. Services start at 11 a.m. and we would love to have you as our guest this Sunday. You'll be glad you did.